No playing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to D22, the tabletop role-playing podcast where I have been sick for the past several days. I am Dylan. I'm Molly, and I have ice cream. It's okay to be jealous. I am. Mm-hmm. I want cake. I want a caramel apple. I don't know why, but like the idea of just like, ah, oh, caramel apple. I don't I have a caramel one. apple, but surprisingly, I do also have cake. I want caramel apple like real bad right now. And Walmart's always closed at 1 a.m. now. You can make a, I know, right? It's reasonable. The 24-hour I mean, business model needs to die. But right, anyway. it does. But also, I work on the 24-hour business model for a different store, and everything sucks. Well, don't, you don't work as like a customer-facing Mm-mm. job, do you? No. But I is do your, still work night shift. But is your thing like, do you have a customer-facing position? No. In this 20? Tw- okay, so Not that's different. All. Like I, I feel like... If it's like you're getting things done and prepping for the day, that's one thing. But being just available to be berated by the populace for 24 hours a day is just an unreasonable expectation of things. I know. On the plus side, though, working in customer service 24 hours, because I used to I used to push carts until like 11 p.m. at a Walmart. And um, it really drops off after a while. (laughs) Which is it does, but then like some of the people who come in after that point are like absolute sociopaths, right? That's why I'm not a manager anymore. Well, you did also work, you do also work at a gas station, and so you get to see like everyone. Uh, man, we're already so off topic, but here's the thing like working third shifts at that gas station, there's a motel right across the road, and there has been at least one murder every year since I've been working there in that motel. At least one, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where Regina was like, you know, I really don't understand. Like a lot of people say that third shifts are very quiet and I don't get why you don't like them that much. And I was like, Regina, there have been five murders in that motel since mm-hmm. I started working here. And who do you think is coming over here to shop at this store? It's like you're going the murderers. To- you're like, Regina, you are single-handedly jinxing this shift. I mean, Regina is the only reason I'm even still at that store. God dang. Mm-hmm. How would you stop jinxing it then? But, so we're going to talk about the vampire cults of the blood gods. Mm. Many of them don't actually involve any blood gods. But it is a catchy title. I'm, I probably sound like garbage. Like I'm, I'm still very That's nasally. Okay. You're from... probably getting my spoon that you may need to edit out. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, God, I, I, I got this thing where like I, we've had, um, some hour shortages. So a lot of us are getting cut down to four days a week. And so having three days a week off, I don't hate it, but like, I miss the money. And what they did was they're like, all right, Dylan, your days for last week, we're going to be Sunday, Thursday, and Saturday. I got Sunday, Thursday is whenever uh, a coworker walked out on us. So I had to cover that shift. And then I got Saturday off for that week. And then the following week, this week, I got Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I got four days off in a row. I was like, oh, okay, this will be kind of like a mini vacation. And then I woke up on Saturday morning just as sick as I've ever been. Like, ah, oh, I was, oh. Universe it's been a like, bad four days. Yes. I'm going to touch you with the bed. I, I get to go back to work tomorrow now that I am almost kind of better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stoked about it. But because of that, I also haven't done anywhere near as much studying as I need to because I've been sleeping something in the neighborhood of 16 hours a day. Uh, so we're going to do the, the very, very broad strokes of things in the cults of the blood gods. 
and, and it is an interesting topic. It's just as sick as I've been, I have not been able to focus. Well, but vampire religion is a very complex, multifaceted, and horrifying topic, as it is for humans. They do a lot to kind of conflate the kindred ideologies with the kind ideologies, because at the end of the day, vampires are humans, just Mm -hmm. different humans, and sometimes crazier humans. Mm -hmm. So as a result, religion becomes a very odd point of contention for them because a lot of kindred after their embrace um they would previously be christian or muslim or jewish hindu like whatever religion you can possibly think of you know the kindred they don't really take that whole lot into consideration before embracing somebody mm. um with the exception of the banu hakim which are kindred who are muslim but like a modified version of muslim mm-hmm. There's a cough to edit out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a lot of them will think, okay, I'm undead now. I am a vampire. And this kind of throws my faith out the window. Like, how can I be Christian when I'm a vampire? This kind of spits in the face of my perceptions of heaven and hell and what life on earth is supposed to be and blah, blah, blah. Um, some other kindred will find this weird revelation and the fact that they are undead to mean that they should seek a different higher power. Like even if they weren't religious, if they were religious, whatever, it's like, okay, this spits in the face of my worldview. And so I should seek to find a new faith that then fits this worldview. And there are lots of figures who legitimately believe themselves to be holy saviors of the vampire kind. Um, There are some that are obviously just trying to, you know, take advantage of the fact that people who will put their faith into things blindly are a source of power for one ambitious enough to seize it. Mm -hmm. But as a result, a lot of these weird vampire faiths have sprung up around not only like the kindred legends, but even around the normal like human faiths. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the, the big ones being um, the church of Cain. We've talked about how Cain is kind of like basically vampire Jesus. Did we talk about how that last week? We did because we talked about the Book of Nod. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how like it's a pervasive belief amongst the kindred that Cain was the first vampire, and it is all vampires who are descended from him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Church of Cain itself actually takes this a few steps further in saying that Cain, uh, cons- like actually bled jesus the christ dry like consumed him bodily and in his soul and thus became the second jesus and now that seems and now not only considering like biblically how far apart those two people are well if cain was a vampire he would be immortal yeah but where is cain now that's a question that a lot of people are asking and no one has an answer like, for if he lasted between beginning and Jesus. Like, why is he not here now? Uh, a lot of kindred believe that he is guiding things from the shadows. But aren't they literally the shadows? The shadower shadows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, Kane's had thousands of years to perfect the art of subterfuge. He's probably better than any of these Camarilla cucks. Does he have nearly as many drawbacks as a regular vampire? Absolutely not. Kane has. 
I, I believe in the lore of the game perfected nearly all of the disciplines and I think has reached a form of Golconda where he can walk in the sunlight briefly. So it, it's like a lot of weird things. Like it's it's he's been around for so long that he's basically like actually vampire Jesus. But here's the weirder yeah, thing. Right. The Church of Cain is also a Gnostic faith. They believe in the Demiurge and that Earth is a hell and that vampires are uh, murder angels. And that becoming a kindred and ascending the ranks of their church brings you to a higher plane upon your final death. It gets pretty bananas. That sounds weird, considering if I'm remembering how you described how Cain was born, I don't know if there's, like, demi-angels seems odd. Why would they ascend to a higher plane than angels already are? Uh, well, like, Gnosticism is, like, the belief that there are many planes of, like, heaven and hell and, like, material worlds. Like, Earth is supposed to be one of the, the realms of hell, and it is by performing um, admirably and <coughs> God, I'm going to get to edit out so many coughs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, that, and that by like performing good works and acting against the desires of the flesh and like the sins of the world around you and living a, a just and good life that upon your death, you will ascend to a higher plane or and higher plane they believe like general, not like a higher when they know and uh, comparative. Yeah. So it'd be like you ascend out of, the material earth and up to like one of the lower planes of heaven, do it again and be good and get up to one of the higher planes of heaven, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm okay. And this is all big asterisk. If I'm recalling correctly, I am not a Gnostic myself, so I don't know these, like this is not my area of expertise, but this is kind of like from what I remember of the very little I've read and from what they're talking about in this vampire, the masquerade rule book, this is kind of the way I'm understanding things. If, if I'm wrong, then my bad, I'm not attempting to, spread disinformation this is just my very limited understanding um but they believe by being vampires you become a murder angel and by doing vampire things you can ascend to a higher plane upon your final death um the demiurge is meant to be like anti-god like not quite the devil but like god is meant to be like the god of spiritual things like he created the spirit and the soul and like uh goodness and light and like made all of spirituality whereas the demiurge um is also a godlike figure that created the physical, like the shells that the soul is trapped in and like these physical urges and like the, the desires to sin and these kind of things. So like the Demiurge exists in this faith in the church of Cain and Cain himself is supposed to be like a Jesus Christ figure where like you follow his teachings and you can ascend to a higher murder plane. Mm -hmm. uh, and it gets really bananas, like how they have these very convoluted faiths. Um, like because I haven't had as much study time due to my horrible illness that I'm going to have to edit all these coughs out of, um, they kindred will find very strange figures in order to like if they don't just devolve into like straight atheism from the fact that they become a, a blood sucking parasite of, of humanity, they they will find very strange and convoluted and sometimes intricate faiths in order to rationalize and justify their need to feed on humans. Like they're trying to justify their violence and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember, but, but they're trying to like have that align with their worldview. Mm -hmm. And that's where these weird cults arise from. 
Uh, and there's a lot of them now. I'm surprised like there's... there's not like I mean, it feels like according to the fact that there's magic and everything, that having a magical god-based origin would make a lot more sense than a fairly atheist view where we look through evolution like bang theory. We're just looking so, at a sketch of what humanity knows about rather than creation story. Mages in the world of darkness are very, very few and far between. Mm-hmm. because there is a quirk to magic in this world. And there's not a mage 5th edition book, so this is only going to be what I know from like previous editions, which isn't a whole, whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I believe one of the things I read is that mages can actually tap into like a higher plane, like basically a, like a heaven-type existence in order to access the power that they use to manifest their will working. Mm-hmm. And then... There was like straight up a ladder that led to heaven so that any mage that went to this ladder could climb into heaven and become like the perfect mage or climb down and experience a material existence again. Hmm. But then there was a war and the ladder broke. And when the ladder broke, it created this huge rift between the material world and heaven. And now reaching across that void to tap into magical powers is an incredibly dangerous prospect because anyone who is not a mage or I believe what they call a sleepwalker. Um, I, I think the mage terminology is that mages are called awakened. Um, anyone who is not a mage is a sleeper. And then there are people who know of mages and can witness them, um, but are not mages themselves are called sleepwalkers. And basically if any sleepers witness an act of magic, uh, the void will force them to erase that memory. They are not allowed to see or perceive magic in any way. And in that way, it kind of maintains this veil. But anytime it does that, it takes a great toll on the caster where it can cause magic to malfunction. It can cause disastrous things to happen if sleepers witness magic and it forces this backlash. So because of that, mages are much fewer and farther between and also harder to track down than kindred. And while there are like, of course, like Clan Tremere is aware that human mages exist. There are larger organizations that will um, know and understand that mages are a thing. But for the most part, like the average kindred would not know that mages exist. A lot of the average kindred are not aware that werewolves actually exist. Many of these World of Darkness facets, um, like the ghosts and the werewolves and the mages and the mummies and the demons and all this stuff, they, ex- they coincide, they coexist together, but they work very, very hard to keep their existences secret from each other. Okay, so you're saying that there could be some unawakened uh, vampire atheists, basically, where they just consider the vampire urge as something that came a part of evolution. Just a Potentially, yeah. Work in but- how humanity developed. Yeah, they're, like, there's all kinds of different beliefs and theories on how vampirism came to be i still can't really reconcile with the fact that there are different clans reconcile that was the word thank you jesus (laughs) i can't quite reconcile um the thought of an atheist vampire with um, how you describe the clans to me um so the clans they're not really like a faithful kind of organizational structure Mm -hmm. Um, again, like it is a common belief amongst the kindred that Cain was the first vampire, 
Um, even if an atheist vampire believes that Cain was the first vampire, they're probably not going to believe that like, oh, it's the biblical Cain and thus the Bible exists. Like, It could mm-hmm. just be like, we know that Jesus Christ was a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jesus Christ was probably a person. Like, it could be that like, yes, we acknowledge that he was a historical figure. We don't acknowledge that he was anything like divine. Mm-hmm. It could just be that there, in fact, was a man named Cain, and he was the first vampire for whatever given reason. And there's nothing more to it than that. Um, there's some of the clans do have faith to them. Like I mentioned, the Banu Hakim are largely Muslim, albeit a uh, kind of modified version of Muslim. Mm-hmm. And the Tremere, they they largely accept and acknowledge that actual mages do exist and that blood magic is not real magic like once you become a kindred you don't have a soul anymore and you kind of need a soul to perform magic so their stuff is kind of like this weird bastardized version of magic where they're using the innate power of their blood to perform these effects rather than actually tapping into the source of true magic yeah but like the innate power of their blood like pretty magical to me like yeah, it's like it's weird. It's mm-hmm. it's magic, but it's not true magic. It's oh. not like what the awakened would call magic. I get it because they can do Vampires crazy shit. <laughs> Maybe I believe there's been a lot of like actual second inquisition analysis into vampire blood composition, and mm-hmm. they literally just dead ass cannot find anything different about it mm-hmm. than human blood, which is you know the magic thing. Which magic seems like extremely undetectable compared to say. Midichlorians. They're like, you we know got what these bacteria in your have? blood. You they've can got, use the force to influence the midichlorians to create life. What what if? What if <laughs> the bacterial infection magic? <laughs> uh, welcome to Star Wars, kids. <laughs> so like I kind of mentioned, like there there's some that are specifically mentioned in the books. Like we can we can talk in like kind of short, broad strokes about some of these cults, but like I really would like to get into like reading this book further and like what it means. Cause like what the book actually does for players of the game is it's a supplemental kind of this is the way that your um, personal group of vampires can function within the world of darkness and not have to fall within these kind of predefined Camarilla Anarch Sabbat structures. This this way you can like you can have um a coterie that is focused on this kind of religious devotion where like maybe you're ostensibly part of the Camarilla, but really your goal is like we worship um Abaddon, the god of death, and we seek to feed him souls and we consume humans to um fill his cup through us or some weird shit like that. It's really like whatever you come up with, you can make into one of the blood cults with the rules of that book. And it offers you a way out of that predefined kind of three arc structure of Vampire the Masquerade. Neat. (laughs) Good input. Sorry, I'm still thinking about like an atheist vampire. It just seems like so illogical based on any, literally any vampire lore I've ever heard. (laughs) Even, like, the the whole myth of Cain, though, like, that is not in, like, a committed, actual, factual truth. That is a belief. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas whereas in the truth of things, like, the whole, the the progenation, um, 
I'm trying to. Is it progenation? Progen? I don't know. What What's the word supposed to mean? Like like being progenated, the progenitor, progeny. The initial creation of vampires happened so long ago that there just is not a historical record of it. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, kind of the myth of Cain again is pervasive. Like, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of kindred who think the myth of Cain is just a crock of horse shit. There's um another group that is kind of like an anarcho-neo-feminist cult <laughs> that worships Lilith as the first vampire who Cain stole power from to become another vampire and then created these lines and that like L- Lilith is the first vampire and she is the night mother and she's she who steals children in the night and is she who punishes the wicked and we will water her gardens with blood and all that stuff. It's like bananas. And they think that the Church of Cain is the biggest crock of horse shit, that it is literally a patriarchal lie that men are using to keep women under their thumb. And that, like, you can be a man in the Bahari if you have that faith and you follow their tenets, but they are going to step all over you because it is not feminist in the way that, like, oh, uh, we should be treated as equals because we are equals and this whole, like, patriarchy thing needs to come down. It's that men are shit. And we will clobber them to death because of this bullshit that they per- perpetrated against us. Amazing. Misandry with the actual intent behind mm-hmm. They straight up, like, they hate the Church of Cain. They hate any form of patriarchy. They want to destroy the Camarilla because of how patriarchal the society is. Mm. Um, they they kind of get is. along with the Anarchs, but it's a lot of, like, they they think that Lilith and the fact that she goes around like they will. So a thing that they do and it, what we'll do is we'll kind of we'll put on the list like these different cults because like the Ash Finders and the Church of Cain and the Bahari and the Banu Hakim and the ministry, the Church of Set. I'm like, God, there's a lot in this book, Molly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, we'll, we'll kind of like put those. Um, maybe they won't each get their own episode. We might have <laughs> a thing where we'll like cover two. In an episode, uh, I'm imagining like there's like a vampire hangout, and it's just like tables with like booths for each church, <laughs> like on uh, a college campus. They hey, uh, we got man, this it, pamphlet. Come join our church. It's a lot of subterfuge. Like it's the Bahari, especially, are very selective in like who they will allow to join because, and especially if you are a guy, because I mean, it's not like Greek societies are. Extreme extremely selective of who they choose to let in but they're still kind of cults but like wow (laughs) (laughs) let's just man we've talked a lot of shit about a lot of real world organizations lately (laughs) i'm okay with that i mean like who like i went to a party school to get my master's and uh they're they shut down an entire uh fraternity because they were doing um well, there was a lot of underage drinking at their parties, and they Oof. were making like heavily racist jokes around Halloween. Oh, it was like a whole thing. <laughs> that's not cool. That's what I mean by Greek societies, uh, fraternities, sororities, like everyone who's seen the the meme of the like Texas University sorority, where it's just like a bunch of blonde girls just like chanting their greek thing at you and then it goes it's what was it um like the multi-hag of something 
uh, like a Dark Souls 3 text comes up with the health bar. <laughs> I haven't <sighs> seen that, but it does sound really funny. It's really, really funny. It, like, cults are more pervasive than people think. And so I think having a story where there's like people from literally all over the world um, are becoming a new like chunk of the population. And so they're all confused and angry and they just go off and find just they're all just as susceptible to cults as humans are they absolutely are and that's what makes them such a dangerous thing because well, yeah, you like cults in general cults People, cults yeah but they'll definitely right. go after someone who has recently experienced trauma because that's oh, yeah. you know when they're gonna be at their weakest and, like, and they're every single vampire has basically experienced trauma yeah what's more traumatic than finding out that you're dead and now need the blood of the living to survive right and like i don't think we've talked about if they're able to um produce children i think they're, they're all not just created so yeah like the most traumatic moment of your life becomes the most defining moment of your life which is you know like a super duper change versus like i don't know like a heavily in flight event but um you know what i mean i think mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trauma and that and that's why a lot of these cults do manage to sink their fangs and thing. That's why a lot of new kindred will make their own cults. There's even mm-hmm. one specifically just for the Thin Bloods called the Ash Finders. Um, and we'll, we'll, yeah, Thin Bloods are the, they're kind of, they're, they're, so we've talked a little bit about how as you go down these successive generations, the potency of your blood gets weaker and weaker. So like mm-hmm. a, 10th generation vampire is going to be nowhere near as strong as an 8th generation vampire. Yeah, um, I just realized the, in my previous statement, I think I excluded a gigantic number of people when I was attempting to include people that have trauma from like multiple small events, but did whatever. Okay, keep going. Um, so the most recent generation of vampires, I believe like the 15th, 16th, and 17th are known as mm-hmm. Thinbloods where their their blood is so dilute that they're barely vampires. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're basically like what like half bloods in other media would be. Where like, like some of them, yeah, some of them can still walk in the, the sunlight. Some of them don't even develop fangs. Like they they have vampire flavor to them, but they're not mm. full vampire. Oh, so um, like squibs in Harry Potter. A little bit, um, and it comes to like. They have some unique abilities where what they have, they have a thing called thin blood alchemy, which is something that only thin bloods can do mm-hmm. um, that allows them to emulate the um, disciplines of the vampire clans uh, on a temporary basis and also give them some of their own unique effects. Mm. Um, and they kind of dance that edge where like a thin blood is closest to still being immortal. So there's the theory that they could like theoretically remove the curse. Mm-hmm. And just become a human again, and then there's the um, the more obvious and ready route that if a thin blood diablerizes a full blooded vampire, they themselves become a full vampire. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have that you know walk in the line between the light and dark kind of thing going on, mm-hmm. um, and because of that and how pervasive they've become, um, they have their own cult called the Ashfinders, where like they've managed to make a drug out of the remains of older vampires that a gets them super high, but B 
allows them to relive the memories of these elder vampires and gain knowledge that way. Hmm. It's pretty nuts. Um, but that we'll we'll save it for uh, another day because we're we're up at our time. Uh, I'm gonna have to edit out so much coughing from this one, and it's gonna be just such a damn time. They really did ramble too. Um, yeah, cults, vampire blood cults. Yeah, they're they're an interesting thing in the broad strokes. There's, um, I believe the book itself covers five, and I've read about three of them now. Um, so at at some point, like I hope to finish this, and we're gonna add stuff to the list to kind of like talk about these cults more in depth, and then like what a cult could be for your particular coterie. Um, so that, that's stuff that'll get added to the list. But until then, I picked up this game called Coyote and Crow, and I really want to read about it. Mm-hmm. And he means coterie, like a code. Coterie, like the medieval dress. No, coterie is like the name of a group of vampires. Adding it to the list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you would like to find us on Facebook, then you got facebook.com slash d20dudes. If you want to find us on Twitter, we got twitter.com slash d20dudes or at d20dudes on Twitter. Twitter. Um, the website formerly known as Twitter. Dumb bird app. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Discord link down in the description if you want to come into Discord, hang out with us, and tell me I'm dumb. <laughs> And uh, Patreon, if you would like to support us monetarily, um, patreon.com slash d20dudes. Only $3 a month will get you a shout-out, like for our our girl Molly here. Ooh. And and Jenny. Uh, Who who am I? Oh, I thought I was doing the shouting-out. I was like, I don't have any names. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, you don't have that list. It is only I. Uh, Yeah, Molly, you're a patron. Uh, Word, patron, Jenny. Patron, Zam, patron, um, Ken Thomas, patron, good lads and lasses, all of you for putting my, I don't get a whole lot of money off of Patreon, but it's like once a month, it's like I wouldn't get lunch and then you guys buy me lunch. So it's pretty cool. Sounds pretty nice. You get a whole Starbucks drink with that. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you know what? I'm still mildly delirious and did not bring up the list or get my dice ready. Hold on. (laughs) Stop. Don't. Don't look at me. Excuse me. Uh, My fingy is stuck in the bottle. Give me the d20. Help. There we go. Uh, So we're going to roll the d20 and see what next week's episode is going to be about. I rolled a 15. Oh, okay. So we're going on to Pathfinder for this one. Uh, we're going to talk about Pathfinder's source errors. Um, source errors? Source errors, yeah. Source errors. So I want to start getting into Pathfinder 2nd Edition, but gosh, we've done almost nothing of first edition, first edition. So I'm going to try and start adding in some Pathfinder 1st Edition stuff into the list. So hopefully we can get through that and um, we can have discussed Pathfinder first edition at length so then we can move on to second edition because I actually like second edition a lot more. Uh but that'll be All next right. week. Thank yeah. you guys for listening and we'll catch I you in the next one. Bye. Bye.